Welcome, dear listener, to Fear from the Heartland. I'm your host, Paul J. McSorley. Set aside some moments now and take an adventurous ride on a journey into the psyche of some talented writers. They will dig into your being and titillate you. Oh, I love that word, titillate. While the stories may not all take place in the heartland, I am delivering them to you from the heartland. My intention is to strike fear and confusion into the mind, soul, and yes, the heart. This is Fear from the Heartland. Hello, Heartlanders, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 21 of Fear from the Heartland. I'm your host, Paul J. McSorley. Oh, the games people play. Way back in the days before the internets and Google machines, little kids had to find stuff to do. Playing games was definitely a way to make the time go by. Mom had to tie a pork chop to my brother's neck so the dog would play with him, but I digress. When I think back to using a simple wiffle ball bat and the aforementioned wiffle ball, you know, the plastic bat and ball, I could picture myself as the hero in the World Series with a 3-2 count, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, down by three, and the series tied at three. I swing and the ball carries my parents' backyard over the neighbor's bushes. Home run! That's when the dog stopped trying to get the pork chop, races after the ball, scoops it up, and runs away. Oh well, game over. Tonight's tale is about playing games. The rules are a bit weird. I'll let the muse of Malcolm Tanner explain. Let's get after it. Two sisters loved playing games in their childhood. The games were always played by their rules. Then their parents die in a car crash. The two girls grow up on their own, surviving by their wits and their true caring for each other. They have lives in poverty for so long they know no other way. The funny thing is, they never wanted to stop playing the games. The games got a little more grown up as the girls neared their early 20s. The games were more, let's say, eerie at the least, and actually quite macabre in the end. Let's take a look inside the minds of two sisters who, in the course of their everyday survival, find themselves left with choices of just how far to take their games. The games just couldn't be fun if there weren't new rules, right? Now, do you want to play a game? Come on, the girls want you to play along. For your indulgence, dear listener, Do You Want to Play a Game? by Malcolm Tanner. One. Hannah and Crystal always liked playing games. The two sisters always played the typical grade school games like hopscotch, hide and seek, as well as jump rope at school. They were the inventive, creative kids. They always had the most vivid imaginations compared to the other children in school. The other kids only played video games or watched television. Hannah and Crystal were living below the poverty line in the state of Georgia. 
Their games were simple, yet somewhat different from the other kids. They added their own new rules. Hopscotch, for instance, if some other girl won the game, Hannah or Crystal would pick up the rock and hit the girl with it. New rule, they both said in unison. Those kinds of things got them sent to the principal's office and a conference with their parents. After several incidents, a referral to the children's division was made. Many times when they played jump rope, the sisters would turn the rope and when a girl was getting through the whole rhyme without missing a jump, they would once again do something to cause their playmate to lose. Again, spoken in unison, new rule, they trip up the girl jumping, causing her to miss, on purpose. Bluebells, cockle shells, and Evie Ivy over. Hannah and Crystal would run in opposite circles around the frightened little girl, winding the rope around her body and causing her face to turn bright red, nearly choking her when the rope got too high and twisted around her neck. Once again, another visit to the principal and another referral to the children's division. Just because they liked playing games, by their own rules, of course. Hannah and Crystal's parents moved a few times from county to county in an attempt to escape these problems with the schools, thinking one day the girls would straighten up. They moved to an isolated house in the country, giving them plenty of space to play and where they could keep them away from the other children in the town. The house had several rooms, eight to be exact. There were four bedrooms upstairs and two living spaces downstairs and a kitchen and a bathroom. The upstairs rooms were used by the girls to set up their games, the ones they made up. The old games with new rules. Their own rules. They never shared their ideas for the games with their parents. It was just their own little secret. They would stay up at night thinking of new games they would someday make up. Dangerous games. Besides, Mama and Papa always stayed drunk and were never really interested in their daughters as they never were going to change. The girls never had money to do much of anything. Sometimes the people would try to help their mama and daddy and give them money for the girls, but their parents used it for more alcohol. Hannah and Crystal quit going to school at the ages of 16 and 14, right after their parents died in a horrific car accident. They tried for the next three years to live with various relatives, but the games they were playing became more and more dangerous, causing each family to fear the girls and their antics. Some believed them to be actually quite dangerous to anyone in the house. After several years, the girls were 21 and 19 and had been living on their own for the past year. They wanted to return to the house with the eight rooms. They held jobs at Shirley's Cafe in town and they had a beat-up car in which they rode to work together. One day, they walked out to the old house and found the secluded structure empty. Hannah was now old enough to inhabit the house left to them when their parents died in the crash. No one seemed to be living there, so they just took up residence. After all, the house was theirs and theirs alone. It was rough and needed some work. They were fine with it, though, as long as they were away from people. They really didn't like most people. Crystal parked the red beat-up Chevy and headed to the house. Hannah was waiting inside. Hello, sister, Hannah said, smiling at her younger sister. Good morning, Hannah. Growing up ain't as much fun as it was when we was kids, is it? Crystal asked, thinking back to grade school days. I mean, we used to have great games, made up our own rules. Do we always got to start acting older, holding jobs and be adults? I like being a kid better. I wish we could go back to those times. We can, my dear sister, we can, 
I was just thinking the other day of how we could spruce this whole house up just a bit and still be able to have fun and play games. These games will be more exciting and give us the kind of fun we need to have, Hannah said, smiling a crooked devilish smile. Oh, do tell me what you're thinking, Crystal said, inching closer to Hannah as she felt the excitement inside her begin to grow. Now, if you can just use that old imagination of yours, Hannah began, we can think of new games, games we used to play, but with sort of adult rules. New rules, like we used to say. Hannah's eyes were lighting up as she spoke. Her head was cocked to the side as if she was looking at some foreign and distant star in the sky. The sparkle in her eyes was not from joy, but from the sense of what was to come. She saw a vision of how she could fix up the old house for her and Crystal. Hannah continued, You know, four rooms, four games. We can fix them up like the old silly games. You know, the one where you guess which room with what weapon and who done it. But the rules and the names will be much more grown up, you know? But how are we going to get people here? Crystal questioned. Easy. From bars. Men are suckers for women in bars. Most of them all are lonely. They is always looking to cheat on their wives or just for a fling. We can get them to go with us and we can tease them into playing our games with our rules. I've been reading about this a lot. How to attract these kinds of men. Crystal was growing more excited by the minute. But we got rules. New rules, right? I mean... We can't just play a game with old rules. We gotta play sexy games, you know, to get them thinking about us and not what might really happen, right? Little sister, you're thinking right. But for now, and the next few months, we have some planning and building to do. We can do it. Daddy taught us all we need to know. We know how to use tools, and we can build a real fun house. Two. Two months later. The rooms were beginning to take shape as the sisters were working the restaurant during the day and coming home to work late into the nights. Hannah had drawn up the plans and diagrams of what she wanted to have. She took care of all the details, down to paint, curtains, shades, and how the furniture was situated. The furniture was old and the beds were made of the old metal frames and mattresses. They started in Crystal's room since she was the youngest. It only took two weeks to finish her room. My, this room is looking so much better than I ever remember as a kid, Crystal said, smiling at their handiwork. Thank you, Hannah, for giving me what I didn't have as a little girl. It's only the beginning, Crystal. Tomorrow we'll start at my room. Your room has some new gadgets and toys. When we're all finished, we can test them all out. I can say I'm so excited to find out how well they work, Hannah said, twirling her hair like she did when she was a young girl. Me too, Hannah. Me too, Crystal said with a look of excitement and wonder at how smart her older sister was. Crystal idolized Hannah. You always figure things out, like you have some kind of superpowers or something. Let's get to bed. We have to work early tomorrow at the cafe. Hannah walked past her room and towards her mother and father's room down the long hall. She peeked in around the door, almost expecting to see them lying there, drunk and passed out. Sloppy as they were, she hated them for ruining most of her teenage years. Damn it, you both died and left me to care for Crystal. 
I missed out on learning about boys and men. Crystal is missing out too, just like me. I guess I'll just have to teach her myself. I had to learn on my own. At least Crystal will have someone to guide her. I had no one, except for two damn drunks. Hannah walked away and headed back to her bedroom. It was time to go to sleep. They had another long day tomorrow. The anger was still there after peeking into her deceased parent's room. She shut off her light and then noticed the light in the hall was shining directly into her eyes. She got a bit angry and grabbed her covers and squeezed them with her hands. I wish I could turn off the light without getting out of bed. Shit, don't make me get out of bed to turn it off. I wish I could just wish it off. She pulled the covers off her body and her feet hit the floor. The light went off. On its own. She had to know. She left her room and walked down the hall and felt for the light switch. When she touched it, she realized it was still in the up position. She walked down the hall to Crystal's room and poked her head in. Crystal, you awake? Yeah. Did you get up and turn off the light in the hall? No, I've been in here since you left. Okay, I'll check the bulb in the morning. Maybe it just burned out. Hannah walked back and put the switch back in the off position. She felt a curiosity come over her. Hmm, should I try to turn it on? Nah, I guess I'll just check the bulb in the morning. Hannah returned to her room and got back in bed and pulled the covers over her body and lay wide awake, still wondering if she should just get up and try the light switch. Then she thought about if she held a superpower to shut it off. She argued with herself for a bit and finally fell asleep. The next day, the girls were up early and got ready for work. Hannah walked towards the bathroom. She stopped on the way to stare at the hallway light switch. What happened last night still rattled her thoughts. How did the light go off? She stared at the switch for a few more seconds and then slowly reached her hand forward to turn on the switch. Halfway to the switch, she jerked her hand back. She couldn't tell if she made her arm move or if her arm had a mind of its own. Either way, she left it alone and headed to the shower. They both finished their makeup and tied their hair back. They left the house and got into the car heading into town to work. They arrived early and had a quick bite, as surely the owner always made them something to eat before their shift. She had taken a shine to the girls when no one else wanted anything to do with them. The girls also took to Shirley. The work relationship went well, but Shirley was also like a mentor to them. She tried her best to give them a little extra money when tips were slow. They were working the breakfast shift and the day was busy. Crystal was cleaning off a table and Hannah was working hard to take orders and get food out. Even Shirley was helping out. A gruff-looking man beckoned to Hannah who was busy waiting on another table. I'll be right there, Hannah said, continuing to take the order of a middle-aged couple. Damn service in here so bad, the man said out loud with a nasty tone. Hannah shot him a quick glance, stopping him for just a second. I'll be right there. More coffee? The couple nodded and Hannah picked up the pot, poured the couple a refill, and told them she would get their order in right away. Hannah took the pot and walked towards the complainer. He was gruff with a full salt and pepper beard and a grin letting you know what a smartass he really was. How about more coffee of sweet cheeks? The man said with a wink. His comment and demeanor infuriated Hannah. The man smelled of unwashed clothes and cigarette smoke. He repulsed Hannah. She went ahead and poured his coffee and started to walk away when the man suddenly spoke out. My name's Seth. What's yours, Angel? 
His buddies sat chuckling and watched his harassment of Hannah with interest. Hannah stared with intent. I'm not your angel, Hannah answered as she walked away towards the kitchen to pick up the old codger's order. The men poked fun at Seth and laughed harder now, giving Seth a good ribbing. Hannah made it to the kitchen and looked at Shirley and Crystal. He's an asshole, Hannah said, fuming and her face turning red. You want me to go talk to the man? Shirley offered. His name's Seth Neal. I know him and his wife. Marcy's a good old gal, but him, he's always running around on her. It's okay, Shirley. I can handle him. All right, but you know you can count on me if he gives you any more trouble. Shirley said nothing else, sauntering off to the front counter to help another customer. Hannah made her way to Seth's table with a fresh plate of bacon and eggs with grits and wheat toast on the side. The men at the table laughed quietly at Seth as he continued to make off-color jokes to his friends about Hannah. She set the plate in front of Seth and started to walk away. Then she heard Seth's voice. Well, ain't she got a nice ass? He asked his buddies, who were laughing out loud at his crass remark. Hannah whirled around, eyes blazed and bored hot into Seth's. His coffee began to jiggle inside his cup, while his plate of food bounced and rattled on the table. Then suddenly it stopped. Seconds later, his hot coffee spilled onto his lap and his plate of food rose and flew into his face. He never touched it himself. It just came at him as Hannah continued to grimace and tighten her jaw in anger. Shit, what the hell? Seth yelled as he jumped up from the table, his crotch wet as if he pissed himself. Shirley came over and tried to intervene. Look, Seth, I'm sorry you spilled your food. Here, let me help clean up. Spill my food? Hell, I didn't know such thing. The witch over there you got working for you, she made it happen. You saw her eyes burning a hole through me like a hot poker. You shouldn't have been harassing her like you did, but you know as well as me, she didn't make this happen to you. You're nothing but a damn fool. The other men laughed and made fun of Seth as he picked up his hat and glared at Hannah who stood frozen by the recent event. Seth stomped off out of the cafe, and the three men sitting with him followed, chuckling and grinning. Damn witch, I tell you. The rest of the cafe laughed at Seth and were glad he spilled his food on himself. Not many of the town folk liked Seth. Most of them thought he spilled his food on himself, except one person. That was Hannah. She knew she had some sort of strange power. Not truly understanding her new powers, she realized the light didn't go off in the hall by itself last night. She made it go off. She was angry that she had left the light on last night. The anger triggered her power and she shut the light off from the bed. She knew it now for sure. She had the power to make things move. Shirley went over and put her arm around Hannah, leading her back to the kitchen so she could cool off. Crystal finished cleaning up and joined the other two in the kitchen as the morning rush came to an end. Just take a break, Hannah. Crystal and I will finish up, Shirley said. Crystal looked at Hannah with a bit of fear. What had just happened? She knew Hannah had a temper, but how did the coffee and food get on Seth? Crystal was watching, and she had seen that. Seth never touched it. Of course, she was glad he wore the food. It served him right after his ugly comments. But Crystal thought, am I living with a... a witch? 3. Later that evening Maybe we should go out tonight, Crystal. 
You know, maybe find a couple of guys? I don't know, Hannah. Maybe you could go. I just don't feel like it, Crystal said, laying down on the couch in the downstairs living area. You can go if you want to. I just want to lay here for a while and get some rest. Okay, suit yourself. I'm going to take a shower and get dressed up for going to Brasky's bar. You sure you don't want to come along? You know, we've been there before and it was fun. Found us two guys there. You remember that night, right? You sure you're not in for some fun? I'm sure. Hannah went upstairs to get ready. She removed her clothes and stepped into the shower. The thought of what happened today was still with her. She stared at the shampoo bottle as she stood there, letting the warm water run over her body. Maybe I did have the power to move things. Maybe I can get the shampoo bottle to come to my hands without reaching for it. Hannah stared harder at the bottle, trying to will it to come to her. It didn't move. She tried once more, even squeezing her hands together in tight fists, hoping for her power to return. It did not, and she realized it must have been a freak thing. Like ghosts and specters appearing to people in the night. Hannah turned off the water, pulled back the curtain, and stepped out of the shower. She would try one more time, maybe get the towel to jump off the hook and come to her waiting hands. She laughed at herself, but yet she still somehow believed she had a special power. Looking at the towel, she tried hard with her mind to make a move. The towel remained on the hook. She tried harder. The towel remained. Finally, she went over to grab the towel and finished drying herself and then went to her room to get dressed. She put on a pair of the tightest jeans she had in her closet and stood before her full-length mirror, turning and spinning to admire her young and luscious body. She could attract men, and she had done so before. She'd also had sex before, but never with anyone she loved. She wished she could be loved, admired, and respected, but with the life she had lived, it surely wasn't going to happen. She would just use men as they used her. No love, no respect, only carnal pleasure. She finished dressing and went downstairs to say goodbye to Crystal. Lock the door after I leave and don't open for anyone except me. I'll be okay, Hannah. You have fun, you hear? I will, I sure will. If I find a man, yank me to bring you one too? Hannah asked with a sly grin. Crystal laughed. She couldn't help but notice how pretty her older sister looked tonight. Hannah had always taken care of her. At home, at school, in fact, everywhere. It would always be this way, she thought. I'll be fine here by myself, Hannah. But be careful tonight, Hannah, Crystal said as her big sister was walking out the door. Don't you worry about me, I'll be fine. The door slammed behind her. Crystal never did worry about Hannah. She was older and stronger and never seemed upset, except for today. Crystal was having trouble forgetting the scene she witnessed earlier. She wasn't tired, and in truth, she kind of wanted to go out tonight. But what happened today made her feel leery of her older sister, more than she ever had in her entire life. Crystal heard the car start up. She stood up and moved to the window and watched Hannah's car leave down the dusty gravel road. A cold shiver ran down her spine as she wrapped her own arms around her bare shoulders, attempting to warm herself. Hannah parked her car a block from Brasky's bar. She walked down the sidewalk and entered through the door. She walked up to the bar and sat on the end stool. Hannah ordered a beer and sat patiently, checking out who was in the place. She spied a nice-looking man at the other end of the bar. 
She smiled cautiously and took the first sip of her beer after the bartender delivered it. Hannah looked behind her and there at a table in the corner was none other than Seth and a couple of his buddies from the diner this morning. The sight of Seth Neal made her skin tingle with still harbored anger. She wanted to suppress it and she finally did, taking a long drink of her beer and listening to the jukebox playing slow country tunes. Hannah chuckled at the memory of Seth having coffee and food all over his clothes. She smiled and looked over again at the handsome young man at the end of the bar. Probably some rich kid. Maybe way too good for her, she thought, as she continued to watch from the corner of her eye, not wanting to be caught staring at him. Even though she knew it was a long shot, she was going to try to lock eyes with him the next time he looked over. Suddenly, she felt a tap on her shoulder, and when she turned, she was startled to see Seth had moved in behind her. He sat down on the stool next to her and spoke first. Well, well, if it ain't the little waitress from the diner. What brings you out to Brasky's tonight? Seth asked as he took a pull off his own bottle of beer. Hannah could see his friends beginning to grin and now she was starting to feel uncomfortable. She just had to control herself and put a lid on her anger. Just out for a beer. Needed to get out of the house for a while. Didn't recognize you with your hair down and all. You're pretty gal. Look, Seth, I apologize for getting all upset this morning, and I'm sorry you got food all over you, Hannah said, letting her gaze meet Seth's bloodshot eyes. Not a big problem. In fact, do you mind if I buy you a drink? I don't hold a grudge against you. Not someone as pretty as you. What is your name, anyway? Hannah wanted to hurl at the thought of Seth Neal trying to hit on her, but something was coming into her mind, something she could not stop. It was a plan that included some new rules. She looked even more deeply into those bloodshot eyes, feeling some sort of control over Seth. Yes, new rules, my rules. Hannah, being a little wiser beyond her years, spoke up briefly and to the point. My name's Hannah. Seth, you like games, don't you? Well, it depends on what kind of games you're talking about, Seth answered, his tobacco-stained teeth showing in a slight smile. I think you know what kind of games I'm talking about. You know, fun and sexy games. I might even get my sister Crystal to play along if you want. Well, now, I think I could kind of like such a game. You talking about going to your place? I ain't never been there, but I think I know where it is. I'll just follow you if it be okay, Hannah. You want me to ask one of my friends over there to come along? No, Seth. Only you. I'd rather not... Share. She smiled devilishly. They left Brasky's, and each of them got in their own car and drove towards Hannah's place. Seth, with a smile on his face the entire way. Hannah, wearing an evil grimace on hers. 4. Game Night They walked up to the house together. An odd-looking couple, to say the least. Hannah entered the front door first and Crystal sat up on the couch when she heard her come in. Seth followed behind her, closing the door after he was inside. Crystal sat up and put her feet on the floor. She was frightened to see Seth in their house. She wondered what had taken place and why he was even here. Crystal started to speak, but Hannah quickly took over. Look who decided to join us for a few games, Hannah said, flipping her dark hair over her shoulders. But... Crystal started to interrupt. 
Seth here says he wants to play games. Maybe with both of us, if you're up for it. You know, sexy games, Hannah said, winking at Crystal to go along. Crystal cringed at the thought as Seth flashed his yellow-toothed smile. She could smell the stench of smoke and alcohol on him from the couch, reminding her of the odor of her own drunk father. She was repulsed and not sure she should participate in this complete turnaround from this morning. Well, sure, I guess. Seth, let me show you my room and you can get yourself all comfy and such. Hannah offered as she took Seth by the hand and the three of them walked upstairs. Arriving at her room, Hannah let go of Seth's hand. Here it is. Ain't it pretty? Just the kind of room you would like to have for game playing, right, Crystal? Well, uh, sure. Hannah has it fixed up real nice. She's good at decorating and all. Looks damn pretty for sure, Seth said as he walked around the room noticing all the frilly things Hannah seemed to like. Looks exactly like what a pretty thing like you would have. A man could get used to coming around here for a few adventures. Adventures of a naughty variety. He sneered as he licked his lips. Crystal shivered at the thought, but Hannah remained calm. Here, Seth, you get comfortable on my bed, and here's a towel to put around you. Lay back on the bed and relax while you're finished undressing. We'll be right back. We just need to change into something more comfortable and, you know, more revealing. Something hot and sexy, just to raise your appetite a bit. See you in a few minutes. Hannah turned her head and smiled at Seth as she grabbed some things from her dresser drawer. She waved her lingerie at Seth as she walked away with Crystal. They went down the hall to Crystal's room to change. Seth began to undress and thought he must be the luckiest guy around. To aggravate the little bitch in the restaurant this morning and now to have her satisfy his insatiable sexual appetite? Seth began to think maybe he had something women couldn't resist. I guess I attract all those little wildcats pretending not to be so wild. I'll just show her what a good time is all about. Just like all the other women I cat around with. This will be different, though. Two wildcats at the same time? Playing games? Holy shit, Seth. You did hit the old jackpot. He sat down on the bed and then lay back on it, clasping his hands behind his head. He was imagining all the things about to happen in the next few hours. He was excited, and it was beginning to show below his waist. This was going to be different, and he was going to have one hell of a time playing games. Hannah, have you lost it? Seth Neal, the gross asshole from the restaurant? Come on, what are you thinking? Relax, Crystal. You know I hate the son of a bitch. Get dressed in something revealing. I ain't gonna let something happen to my baby sister. We're just gonna tease him a little. I always protected you before, right? Same thing here. You just let me get started with him. You just have to play along with me. I don't want to touch him. He's so nasty. He smells bad. Dude makes my stomach turn, Crystal said, pulling on her soft blue undergarments, revealing her ample breast cleavage and tight body. You don't have to touch him. You just let me do all the work. All you gotta do is stand there and look pretty. Easy for you, sweetie. Crystal smiled back at Hannah. She knew her sister had a plan to humiliate Seth. She just didn't know what it was exactly. But she thought maybe this will be fun after all. They headed back to Hannah's room and Seth. 
Hannah poked her head in and said, Close your eyes, Seth. Seth did as he was instructed. He lay back and couldn't believe the situation in which he now found himself. Two young and beautiful girls before him, clear skin, beautiful curves, and damn revealing outfits. He must be the luckiest guy on earth. His mental filth now working on him, he was imagining all the things he may be able to do. He might be going mad, really, but what a way to go, he thought. Now you need to sit up, open your eyes, and we will each hold your hand as we walk back to Crystal's room. Seth stood and couldn't believe what he was seeing. They were beautiful, and he had never been with any girl that were even close to this pretty. They led him down the hall to Crystal's new room. This room was all done and game ready. Hannah had seen to that. Everything was in place. Just lay down on this bed, Seth. Hannah cooed lightly into Seth's ear. He could smell the girls. Their perfume was intoxicating. He imagined their skin so silky smooth. A slight sweat was beginning to beat up on Seth's forehead. Hannah removed the towel around Seth. Laying there with nothing left on but his underwear, he couldn't wait for what was next. Which one of us would you like first, Seth? Hannah asked as Crystal also moved seductively towards Seth, her breasts peeking through the sheer gown. Doesn't Crystal look great, Seth? Oh, yeah, she looks amazing, Seth replied, feeling a slow burn beginning to rise inside of him. No touching, Seth, just look, Crystal told Seth, and Hannah, too, began to inch closer to their new prey. Seth could not help himself any longer. He didn't have time or patience to play this slow game with his lust burning inside of him like a wildfire. He reached for Crystal, grabbing her wrist and trying to pull her closer. Crystal felt his rough calloused hands and it immediately caused her repulse, pulling her wrist away from his sudden and firm grip. He would not let go and was beginning to smile. Oh, I love the way you play this game, little missy. Playing hard to get. Let go of her wrist, Hannah said firmly, her eyes starting to sear into Seth's while he held tight to Crystal's wrist, her stare causing him to suddenly lose his grip on Crystal. Step back, sister. New rules. Hannah shouted in a voice that actually sounded more like a growl. Bluebells, cockle shells, and Evie over. Hannah sung in a sweet and sing-songy voice. Seth froze for a second and then started to get up from the bed. Ropes now, Hannah commanded, and the ropes from under the bed encircled Seth's body before he could even blink, tying him down to the bed so damn fast he couldn't get the words out of his mouth. What the fu- what? what? Seth could not put the words together, sweat now dripping profusely from his brow. New rules, new game, our rules, Seth. Want to pick on little helpless girls? Got more tricks to show you, Seth, dear. More damn tricks than you can shake a stick at, you fucking slob. Seth felt the rope around his neck cinch tighter, and it was making it harder for him to talk and breathe. He knew this girl was a witch, and now he could prove it. But would he live to tell of his experience? Knives, Hannah yelled. The drawer to the dresser opened and two knives appeared and began to slowly float. Seth turned his head and watched the knives float slowly towards him, hovering above him like two drones ready to strike. Hannah stared hard at the knives, using this newfound power, directing them with her eyes. One, 
she mumbled as her head began to shake as she concentrated on the first knife. Seth trembled as he now knew what she was capable of. He had fallen for her trap and now he was about to pay a price for being the ass he was. He could not move his hands, his arms, or his legs. For the first time in his life, Seth Neal was entirely helpless. True, Hannah uttered softly as she focused on the second knife. She began to shake even more, willing the knives to move inches above Seth's hands, tied down against his naked thighs by the thick rope which came from under the bed. Three! Hannah screamed as the two knives plunged into the backside of Seth's hands and searing through them into his thigh. He let out a piercing scream. No one for miles around could hear it except Crystal, who quickly backed away from Hannah. She now stood in her bedroom doorway. Hannah could not hear Seth's bellow as she was in another world, playing a new game with her own rules, just like back in grade school. Hannah was lost in an energy field that defied any sense of normalcy. Seth didn't want to move as he feared he would make the wounds worse. Please, please, Hannah, just let me go. I, uh, I learned my lesson. Please just let me go. Oh, now we get the whimpering child. You were so funny in the restaurant, complaining about the service and talking about my nice ass. Yeah, that was you, right? Being a big man in front of your friends. Wish they could see you now, Seth, she chortled. Look, Crystal, the tough guy is screaming in pain. Are those tears we see running down your cheeks, little man? Crystal had now realized she was indeed living with someone that held some kind of superpowers. It frightened her enough to send her backwards out of the room after hearing Seth's maniacal screams of pain. Hannah had not noticed her sisters inching back from the scene. Crystal always knew Hannah was the strong one, the one that threw all caution to the wind while she herself had remained shy and reserved. Her instincts told her to play along, but had Hannah snapped? Gone too far? Would she herself be in danger someday from these superpowers that Hannah now displayed? Suddenly, Crystal could not believe what she was seeing. Hannah shook violently and her eyes turned a scorching hot red, boring into the soul of this degenerate man, lying in his underwear all tied up and hands pinned to his thighs with two knives. Hannah, stop please, Hannah, please. Hannah's body wheeled and the red eyes burned into her sister's total being. Crystal felt a strange and eerie feeling as her feet were lifted off the ground, levitating, until she was flung backwards and slammed into the hallway wall outside of her bedroom entryway. Crystal slid down the wall in a heap and lay for a second before crawling back to the room to see if it was over. As she peeked around the corner, she saw the claw hammer floating above Seth, hovering over his head like a cobra ready to strike. His sister was mumbling as the hammer got closer to his brow. Crystal realized that Hannah was completely over the edge. She got to her feet and ran to the downstairs living room, picking up her phone and dialing 911. Another piercing and final blood-curdling scream came from the lips of Seth Neal. Crystal had just finished giving the address to the 911 operator when she heard her sister call out to her. Crystal, come back up here. We're not done playing the game. Crystal dropped her phone and could hear the voice of the operator. Please stay on the line until someone can get there to help you. With her phone still connected to 911, Crystal ran from the house, running across the small creek and towards the small abandoned church that had been empty for years. She and her sister used to play there when they were small. She ran fast and did not look behind her. 
The creek rock had cut her bare feet, and when she got to the church, her feet ached. She limped to the front pew and hid herself underneath. The church was dark and she was frightened, but dared not make a sound. She whispered in the phone, I'm in the old church by the house. Please hurry. She will come looking for me. Suddenly, the sound of footsteps echoed on the front porch and the door creaking open froze Crystal, frightened out of her mind. Ali Alan Free, come out, come out, wherever you are. <laughs> her laugh was hideous and the knife she held in her hand was dripping with the blood of Seth Neal. Come on, Crystal, it's only a game. Come out and play. Hannah waved the beam of her flashlight under the back pews, showing nothing. She walked ahead and row by row looking for Crystal. She was now three rows from where Crystal lay, trembling on the dusty wooden floor, making Crystal's hands shake. She could not control the quivering and the rattling of her hands. She attempted to will them to stop. Stop shaking. Hannah's going to hear that noise. Now be a good girl and come out, Crystal. Seth's dead and the game is over. I'm sorry I frightened you. Come on, let's go home now. The light hit Crystal's face and she screamed as she scurried from under the pew, getting to the outside aisle. She ran, leaving her bloody footprints behind. Hannah was in hot pursuit. Crystal opened the front door and stumbled onto the porch. Hannah stood above her, still holding the knife. You were going to turn me in, huh? That wasn't in the game. You cheated. Hannah screamed, New rules! And she raised the knife with both hands above her sister's head. The shot rang out clear and Crystal saw the blood explode from her sister's exposed midsection. Crystal turned in the direction of the shot to see the sheriff still pointing his gun at Hannah, who had fallen to the ground, now slumped against the door, her body lifeless and still. Tears spilled down Crystal's cheeks as she sat in the back of the county sheriff's car, the blue and red lights reflecting on her young and shocked face. Her mind had drifted to all those days on the playground. Crystal had won the game she damn sure never wanted to win. What was left? Her parents gone, Hannah gone, the ambulance loading dead bodies. For Crystal, there was nothing more to feel, hollow and empty her mind unable to comprehend what she had witnessed. With the blanket wrapped around her and suffering from shock, she looked straight ahead. Most people at 20 years old have a lifetime to look forward to, filled with dreams. She looked out the back window and saw nothing but darkness. No church, no house, no Hannah. For Crystal, her world was totally empty now and there were no dreams, no future, no nothing. From game night on and forevermore, her world was dark, and the time would always be midnight, eternally. I hope you enjoyed tonight's production of Do You Want to Play a Game? Written by Malcolm Tanner. Malcolm Tanner is an accomplished writer, was a contributor in the book Education Belly Slappers by Jim Rowe. Malcolm followed the Mike Parsons trilogy, Redemption, which was recently released on Audible, performed by yours truly, Redemption 2, Allison's Revenge, 
Redemption 3, Death at Downers Grove, with a new literary titan gold medal winning book that he released March 14, 2021 entitled Drowning My Suspicions. You can go to his website at www.malcolmtanner.com. That's M-A-L-C-O-L-M-T-A-N-N-E-R.com. There you can find his books, in the news stories, human interest stories, and a place to sign up for his email list. Malcolm Tanner can also be followed on Facebook at MT Followers, also at Malcolm Tanner LLC, or on Instagram at Malcolm Tanner 8927. If you enjoyed tonight's story, hosted by yours truly, Paul J. McSorley, you can search my name on Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on YouTube for additional previous stories. If you'd like to hear more lengthy tales, be sure to take a look at my audiobooks. Available now on audible.com or just visit paulsbooks.net. That's P-A-U-L-S-B-O-O-K-S dot net. You can also find me personally on Facebook and Twitter. And with that, listeners, our weekly journey into the psyche has just about come to a close. But before we go, I'd like to take a moment to thank you for joining us for tonight's episode and remind you to take a moment to stop by our iTunes page and leave Chilling Tales for Dark Nights a five-star review and a kind word. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you haven't already. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can find an archive of our work going back to 2012. I'm your host for Fear from the Heartland, Paul J. McSorley. I've enjoyed the titillation tonight. Ooh, there's that word again. Thank you for joining me. Hope to see you again next week at Fear from the Heartland.